It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. It is March 6th. I'm Nick Ferguson, and this is Secondary Perspective on Voice America Sports. Uh, first of all, I, I want to thank uh, the, the Church of Scientology Celebrity Center for allowing me to record uh, live uh, from the Garden Pavilion, you know, beautiful grounds here uh, on the connection of Bronson and Franklin. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, you want to come down and you want to stop in and sit in the audience, you are welcome uh, to do that. Uh, on my show today, another co-host, you've heard him before, and he joined me previously. I have Darius Prater live from Atlanta, Georgia. Darius, uh, we have a lot of things to really uh, jump in- into. Uh, first of all, let me ask you a question. How is that weather in Atlanta? Well, the weather here is uh, 44 degrees today, um, very windy and um, a little cloudy. Um, we're hoping to see better uh, weather here on Saturday. Um, pretty tired of the cold weather here. What about out, out there in L.A.? Well, L.A., it is uh, a nice uh, 67 degrees and the sun is out. And, and uh, unlike the south, we're not being pounded by the cold weather. But it's kind of funny at this point of the year that the south is still experiencing uh, the cold temperatures. I guess uh, what Chris Farley said years ago on SNL is true. I guess uh, El Nino is definitely uh, relevant in today in 2014. Uh, yes, it is. Um, it's, it's pretty strange because usually we don't have this type of weather down here uh, this time of year. It's- kind of, you know, get warm and, and get everyone out in their shorts and, and sandals and everything, but this year is pretty different, man. We've catch, caught a cold front, uh, what, twice this month with a, a slight earthquake, so um, we're hoping for better weather here. Well, eventually, uh, I'm sure there's brighter days and sunshine for the South and Atlanta area. Uh, quickly, you know, when I was coming and I had a conversation uh, with with a gentleman, and we were talking about uh, Barry Sanders, and he's from the Detroit area, and he said he remembered when Barry Sanders left the Detroit Lions, and he said he wished that Barry Sanders wouldn't have retired and possibly finished his career with the Chicago Bears, and it got me to thinking. Now, you know, the city of Cleveland, there's still some people that are still upset because LeBron James left Cleveland the way that he left Cleveland. So I said, well, what happened, what would have happened if Barry Sanders would have done the same thing, decided I'm leaving Detroit because you're not putting the necessary pieces around me and opting to go to a division rival in the Chicago Bears? Do you think the people of Detroit would have treated Barry Sanders the same way that Cleveland treated LeBron James? No, and the reason I say no, because Barry Sanders, uh, being the very quiet and humble person that he is, uh, he pre- pretty much just came to work every day and, uh, you know, laid it on the line. And I think that the city of Detroit would have had a great appreciation for that, knowing that he was trying to put himself in a better situation to to possibly win uh, uh, compared to, you know, leaving a situation in Cleveland. And we're just going to say LeBron James. <laughs> and the way he went about his business is, you know, I think that that's the difference between those two. I don't think Barry Sanders leaving for Chicago, even though it's a rival, 
would have right. been as much as a big deal as it was for LeBron leaving for Miami from Cleveland. Well, you know, I think even with that being said, when you take a guy who's been so much to a city and he goes to another franchise, especially within a division, I think that still is will be tough for any fan to deal with because, I mean, I would say the city of Detroit is still dealing with the fact of not having a marquee player uh, or going to a playoff the, or playing in a game of any significance, uh, especially after losing, you know, a guy like Barry Sanders. Because when you look at what the Detroit Lions are now, I mean, you have Matthew Stafford that's there. You have Megatron, and now you have Reggie Bush. And still with that, they still were not were able to amount enough wins to kind of get them, you know, over the hump. And, you know, the city of Detroit, I don't know if you ever had an opportunity to go to the city of Detroit. And I'll say the brothers and sisters of Detroit, I mean, they're really hurting. They're really looking for, for something. And, and they're looking for solace in their sports franchise. And, I mean, the Detroit Tigers went to, uh, you know, the Baseball World Championship a couple of years ago. And everyone in the city was clinging on that franchise to actually bring some, some hope and, and relief. And, you know... I don't. I don't know if this current Detroit Lions team can definitely get to that get to that point. But I, I know after Barry left, I mean, there was a big void that was there in the city of Detroit. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. And and I mean, Detroit has seen glory days. You think about the Detroit Pistons and and, and the years that they had when Isaiah Thomas. And Joe Dumars and Lambert, the bad boys. I mean, and then after those guys left, you still had another group that came along, and Chauncey Billups, Van Wallace, and those guys, Rasheed Wallace, you know, did some things for the city of Detroit. But I can agree with you, they're hurting uh, for some type of, 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 of silver lining in the sky to have some type of success to bring some joy to a city that's really, really hurting. And I'm hoping this year could be one of the years that Detroit Lions can finally put some of those pieces together um, and get over the hump and bring some light to the city. Well, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll switch topics to, to uh, something I know that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, free agency, the new calendar year for the NFL season will start here soon on March 11. And there's a lot of top free agencies free agents uh, that will be on the move and a lot of fan favorites that will no longer be with their teams and probably be out of football or be in another football uniform. But I want to start right in, you know, hometown backyard and start with uh, the Miami Dolphins. When you look at what free agency has become and the fact that there will be several teams, not just the Miami Dolphins, but there will be several teams this season uh, that will reach in free agency. And what, that, what I mean by that, they will go out and try to mortgage the farm to pick up a free agent, knowing that he might not have that many years, but since we're in a win-right-now era, they're going to try to do everything they can to build that team to try to win right now. And when I look at what Jeff Ireland did and how he hamstrung the Miami Dolphins with some of uh, I guess the, the moves he made last season, and you and I talked about this. When when you go out and give get Darnell Ellaby, <laughs> Philip Willer, and Mike Wallace, and you give them as much money as you gave them, I mean, you, I mean, you 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 can back the the Brinks truck up to their house yeah. because as as much money as you gave them, 
And but, what I what I what I think about is the fact of how's that going to play this year for the Miami Dolphins and free agency? Because I mean, Philip Willers, if if I'm not mistaken, he's due five million dollars. So it's to the point where the Miami Dolphins really can't cut him. I mean, they could try to cut him, but now you're talking about that's five million dollars of, of cap hit. So, and so you're right. I mean, when you're sitting there and you're looking at the production that these guys gave you last year, you're like. Where's the value? Where's, where was it? What happened? Where's the talent? You don't see it on the field. And like you said, Philip Willard, five million guaranteed, six point two against the cap, and there's nothing you can do with him. And with Ellerby, I would kind of give him a pass, considering that they try to make him an inside linebacker, and to me, his most successful position will be on the outside. Going back to uh, Baltimore Ravens, when he right. played with the Ravens, he had Ray Lewis in the middle, you know, kind of filling it up and allowing him to do what he does best. And hoping in this offseason they can bring a, uh, some type of middle linebacker to put him in more natural position to allow him to make plays. And as far as our boy Mike Wallace on the outside, I'm going to have to give him a pass in the sense to... Wait, come on, man. You can't give all these guys passes. I only say that because we had... Come on, look at the offensive line that we had to deal with. 58 sacks. No time to pass the ball. Yeah, but even even Brian Hartline had over 1,000 yards receiving, so, I mean, they were doing something right. Yeah, but imagine what he could have done with a better offensive line. Even with that being said, even when the ball is put in Mike Wallace's hands, what did he really do with the ball? I mean, did, 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 it, did it garner what we saw this year, even though we're talking about a defensive, you know, offensive line, but, but was he that type of guy? Did he show you any signs of being that guy worth the money that they paid him? Really, just be no. realistic. No, 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 he didn't. Exactly. So, so that's my, that's my whole point. He had a lot of drops. He did have a lot of drops. However, I, I, I'm trying to give him a, a find a way to give him a pass. Uh, so you're searching now. You're, 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 you're searching to give him a pass. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I mean, was it a little bit much as far as on the pocket end? Yes. But at this particular point, what did you do now? What could you do? Actually, what could you do with all the money you have tied up in him? You think someone's going to trade for him? Well, I know, I know right now it's being said that the Miami Dolphins are trying to find someone to pick up that $15 million contract, but I don't know if any team are going to be willing to do that. I mean, whether it's the Miami Dolphins or with any other team, Mike Wallace is going to have to restructure his deal. If he, if, if he wants to stay with the Miami Dolphins, he needs to restructure his deal because th- they're hurting on so many fronts. And Dennis Hickey, who's now the new GM for the Miami Dolphins, he's coming in and he's trying to, you know, you know, wreck shop. I mean, he's going in there with a clean, clean slate because a, a former top pick from Oregon last year, Deion Jordan, uh, you know, there's word out of Miami that they're thinking about trying to move him as well. So now you have everything that Jeff Ireland did yet last year in free agency. Dennis Hickey is now trying to uh, remove from because you know, it was ridiculous decisions that Jeff Ireland made. You don't I would agree. Those, you don't make those decisions because you watch Ellerby 
have a, a I mean, not to take anything away from him, but he had a great game. But look who he had in the middle and surrounded him to allow him to have, you know, that freedom to make plays the way he did. So are you telling me, no, you're not telling me, Ireland paid this money to this guy basically off the of Super Bowl performance, if you ask me. Well, well, you, usually that's what happens. That, that's what usually happens. There's a copycat league, the team that wins the Super Bowl. Now everyone wants to try to um, follow that same blueprint and mimic what they were able to do, but they don't have the personnel. And also, we see a lot of guys that benefit from being on a championship-quality team now see themselves walk into a, a humongous payday that the franchise realized maybe one or two years into the deal. Wait a minute. Maybe we overstepped down boundaries. Maybe we were just too desperate and we gave entirely too much money to this one particular player. And that's what the, the Miami Dolphins are faced right now. That's why the free agency period is a really difficult period. I mean, and, and, well, and, 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 and as an organization, you have to be really careful what you do with that salary cap, even though it's up to $133 million. You just can't start just giving money out to players and those players are not you know, showing up on the field. You can't do that. Exactly. Now, quick question. Now, since Dennis Hickey, of course, is the new GM, right. and he's trying to pretty much rid himself of all the mistakes that Ireland has made. Absolutely. With, 30, with $37 million in cap space, which is, you know, top five in the NFL, you signed Brent Grimes to a four-year $32 million deal. Uh, you still have issues at the offensive line. Defensive line, we're trying to re-sign uh, Randy Starks and Soli, and you have to address some of the secondary needs. How do you wisely spread this money out and get some of the players that you're looking for without putting yourself in a situation where you have another Mike Wallace, uh, Ellerby, or, or a Willer that you have stuck on your, your cap space and you can't get rid of them? Whether you cut them or keep them, you're still responsible for it. Well, well, first thing you do, you know, as a front office staff, you got to do your due diligence. You have to look at your free agents. You have to look at the current roster that you have. Uh, what type of uh, young guys do you have? Is there any upside to them? Look at your, look at your depth. Uh, look at the guys that have major injuries. I mean, are you going to move on past those guys? And then you go out there and look and say, okay, well, what's the best value out there in free agency? on a market. And right now the Miami Dolphins need help on the offensive line because you're talking about, you know, no Richie Incognito, uh, probably no Mike Pouncey for a couple of games because uh, I guess right now Roger Goodell has yet to say how many games that he could be possibly suspended for. And then no Jonathan Martin. So to me, the first thing, if I'm Dennis Hickey, I'm trying to uh, show up my offensive line. And then I work, work from there because if you can't protect Ryan Tannehill, you know, you said it earlier, you know, Mike Wallace did not, you giving him a, a, a pass because guess what? The offensive line didn't protect well enough to allow Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball downfield. So you start there, but you need to make sure you get a guy that's very athletic and he has that attitude and not just in a guy that's also a great pass blocker and in the run blocker as well because Miami in the past couple of years they haven't done too well on, on the ground so to me you you start there and then you work yourself to the other side of the ball okay and with the price that these offensive linemen is going to be asking knowing that you need offensive tackles do you do you go out and try to get a guy like a Eugene Monroe or Brandon Albert and what price range do we think about paying these guys because I'm sure 
they're going to be asking anywhere from eight to ten million a season. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll jump into that right after, right off after the break, uh, guys. Trust me. In the bottom of the hour, we have Master Barber Julian Payne scheduled to join the program. You don't want to miss what he had to say about his Oscar experience and also the fact of he is now a world record holder. How many shows can actually say they had a Guinness Book world record holder on their show? That's right. No other than Voice America Sports, Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. We deliver all day, every day. And right after the break, We'll talk a little more of free agency. We'll talk a little about Champ Bailey, who is now finds himself on the outs with the Denver Broncos. You'll listen to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, free agency and the Miami Dolphins. And, uh, you know, I, what I did re- mention is uh, Dennis uh, Hickey has ties with Equipped to Lib, who is a free agent uh, this year as well. Uh, I mean, he, he was key to bring in Equipped to Lib to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So be, don't be surprised, Dolphin fans, if Equib to live somehow pays a visit to the Miami Dolphins to possibly be opposite, you know, Brent Grimes. So, so, so there, 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 there's something. That, 
Can you imagine that tandem, Brent Grimes and the key to lead? Well, you know what? I don't think Miami Dolphins haven't had a tandem at corner since, uh, was it Sam Madison and Patrick Sertain? So uh, that would something that would be something really big for the Miami Dolphins, and now that would actually help them as far as the safety position and what they're able to do at the linebacker and an interior defensive line. So that would be great if you can have two you know, cover corners, two guys that are not afraid to come up and stick their face in the fans. But, but sticking with corners... A long-time Denver Bronco. And, and, and let, me, let me toss this out for you. You know, uh, Champ Bailey, 12-time pro bowler, and he spent 10 of his uh, luster years in the NFL with, with the Denver Broncos, and the Denver Broncos decided to part ways with uh, this pro bowler. And I have to say, you know, I do understand the Broncos deciding to part ways with Champ Bailey. He only played in five games this past season. He's been battling uh, a foot injury that's plagued him for, for two years. A great player and without a doubt, a first ballot Hall of Famer. But in the age of what they deem now a passing league and everyone's trying to get better in the division, you know, I, I, right now I think it was a great move for John Elway and the crew to move past Champ. But I, I think there still is an opportunity for them to sign him back maybe at a lower price because uh, it's being said that he's willing to play Safety, but I guess is he willing to play safety for the Denver Broncos or maybe another contender like the New England Patriots? Well, I mean, that will be very intriguing. I mean, I can I definitely see the move and why they cut him. You're talking about ten million against the cap, and and you wasn't even the team's best corner. And not only that, you have Dominique Rogers Cromartie coming up as a, a free agent as well. Uh, it's going to put them in a situation where they had to 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 make that decision to make room so they uh, they can find someone else to to replace them. Now with him moving to safety, huh? Will he be better at free or strong safety in your opinion? Well, well, being as though I had an opportunity to play with uh, Champ Bailey for a couple of years and and my tenure with the Denver Broncos, and the one thing that set Champ apart from other corners is not just his is just being blessed with athletic ability and skill and anticipation, but his willingness to come up and make a tackle. I mean, he tackled better than some uh, safeties at that particular time. So uh, the fact of saying whether you want to play him at free or strong, I, you know, because he can tackle, I believe he can play both, but I think he would be best suited to play free safety because now you keep him outside of the box and you don't have to worry about beating his body up and then you can use his athletic ability. Now, the, the knock on champ is, you know, maybe he's not as healthy as he once was. He's not a spring chicken. So maybe he's lost a step. But what you can do, you can put him at the safety position and he still has range to get from hash to hash. And that'll help you out, help any defensive coordinator out. Having a guy like Champ Bailey and his skill set and knowing how he can set up a quarterback and be that center field player for you. So I like the idea of Champ deciding to move to safety. We've seen several corners, uh, key marquee corners in the past in the NFL do this. We saw uh, Rod Wilson do it when the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then he played for the Baltimore Ravens Mm -hmm. and the Oakland Raiders, you know, adding a couple more years to his career. And most recently we've seen uh, 
what is it, um, Charles Woodson. Charles. Charles Woodson decided to do the same thing with the Packers, and now he's doing that with the Oakland Raiders. So I think it is a great move for Champ Bailey. He can extend his career. He can add more stats to his Hall of Fame already, Hall of Fame career. And he's, he's one heck of a player. But, the, but, but here, here's the key thing. Where does he end up? You know, that's the question where does I he end up? Ask, that's the question I wanted to ask you. Knowing that he's done everything he can, and, of course, you know, the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. If he does not decide to resign with Denver, what other teams could use, his, to, could use him at the safety position that's a contending team? Do you look at a San Francisco who could possibly be losing Whitner? I well, I, I, I tell you what, it's not about uh, the team selecting champ. It's about champ selecting the team. Because at this point in his career, and being as though he went to his first uh, Super Bowl, I mean, when we were there, we had an opportunity to be Pittsburgh, but he, he got injured, John got injured, and a lot of things uh, didn't happen the way that it happened during the regular season four. So after tasting or having that bitter taste in your mouth after losing the Super Bowl the way he did, he wants to go back to a contender. And, and, and I don't blame him. And when I look at the contenders that are out there, I mean, we can look from the AFC to the NFC. But, you know, the Patriots, they're always there at the bitter end, no matter what you say about them at the very beginning of the season. Uh, the Patriots are there. And I think Bill Belichick, he loves – uh, veteran players. I mean, he finds a way to get the best out of veteran players, or, or dare I say, cast off. But uh, that would be a great landing spot for him. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they have uh, T.Y. Hilton. They have a uh, young Andrew Luck. And, and, and there's been some rumors. Now it's still yet to be seen whether Eric Decker will would sign with uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And if that happened. You know, I'm sure that was sweet in the pot for Champ Bailey, but those are two teams uh, right off the bat. But but here's another one, and this is where Champ can improve being a thorn in the Broncos' side because what most Kansas teams, City. yes, Kansas City, <laughs> most teams hate when they see their free agents go to another another team. So he can go to Kansas City. I mean, they have Eric Berry in that backfield, and we see how atrocious. That secondary play last year, and having a guy like Champ Bailey, a veteran who knows the game, and you team him up with Sean Smith and Brandon Flowers, now you're talking about a formidable defense, sort of like what you had with the Seattle Seahawks. And I know the Broncos definitely don't want to see that. They definitely don't want to see that. So that, that could be a, a great landing spot for him. Yeah, and I, I could totally agree with that. And not only that, um, I'm not sure how much, how many years Denver have a shot at this thing. Considering, you know, Peyton Man is old, you have a lot of free agents. If I'm Chan Bailey, I'm really, right. really considering going to a team that's probably already established and ready to take that next step. Like you said, Kansas City, maybe a San Francisco or New England. But we'll see that, I guess, later on down the road once he makes this decision. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on Voice America Sports. If you want to get into the conversation, 888-346-9144 gets you into the conversation. Right now, we are lucky and to be joined by Master Barber and Barber to the Stars, Julian Payne. Julian Payne, thank you for joining the program. How you doing, Nick Ferguson? I am doing well. First of all, Julian... You know, you, you break the Guinness World Record for shaving heads within an hour. 
Now, now let's back up for just a second. Absolutely. This was I, this was something that just kind of fell into my lap. It was definitely a, definitely a godsend, and uh, I would have never thought, you know, in a million years that I would have had the opportunity to um, break the record for 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 shaved shaved heads. You know, the, the bar was set at 60, and, you know, my, my, my fellow barbers was kind of teasing, man, you need to practice, you need to practice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I've been, you know, practicing. I used to practice, practice like Allen Allison, practice. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to practice. So I'll kill you, Allen Allison, man. Um, but it was, it was a great challenge, man. And, you know, the stage, I mean, what, what bigger stage than the Oscars, man? Like, for real? You know, I was I was really just taken back by that. But, you know, glory be to God, man. I, I crushed the record by 12 people with, with a few minutes to spare. So we're looking at like 72 shaved heads. We actually ran out of people. Wow. And, uh, it, it, was, it was amazing. So so you say you ran out of people. Why did you just grab Ross and, and, and shave his head? <laughs> hey, hey, listen here. If, if, if I was, you know, one of the uh, instant... Uh, uh, beat down from Egan <laughs> from producers, man, and probably Ross himself. Uh, he's he's uh, he's a pretty tall guy, so um, I'm sure he can handle it. He would he would uh, did some things to me. So so um, so you, so you was, say, wait a minute, you say they ran out of heads. So you you, you shattered the record by 12 people. So you saying that you could have easily done maybe another 15 heads in that time period. I think I had like another minute and a half left, so I was averaging two people per per minute. So I would have definitely did at least three. So I wanted to do seventy five. Wow. Well, quick question: Is this, is this is Derek? Is this something that you would consider trying to do again next year to break your record at the Oscars? Absolutely. Why not? I mean, if they're, if they're for it, I mean, this is this is Hollywood, man. So it's, I mean. We're talking and talking about. I would love to have another fifteen minutes of fame, and and uh, hopefully, man, you know, may, I'll, I'll, I may get some challengers. They may want to get it. It was in Ireland. It was, the record was set in Ireland, so I brought it back to America, man. So hey, man, we appreciate that. And that's an, and that's an amazing feat. And um, how did you feel after you were finished? How did I feel? It was your hand. You, you, oh, my hands! Oh, oh man! Hold uh, your hands after you finished. Did were they sore? Yeah, yeah, you know my 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 shoulder was a little was a little sore. Um, I'm I'm a Hollywood celebrity barber, man. I, I've but it's it's always good to get back to that that you know that real real grind of you know doing thirty plus heads. Uh, and my my shoulder, my wrist. I'm left handed, but fortunately, I'm I'm pretty good being ambidextrous. Um, Know, when it comes to cutting hair, so that that helped me out a little bit. But man, I, I mean, I I'll tell you, this was this was something like an athlete. I'm sure Nick Nick and uh, maybe even yourself can can uh, agree with that. After a long you know game and taking hits or thing or giving hits, I mean, you yes, you're sore, man. It's repetitive motion. <laughs> well, I, I'll say this. I mean, a, a, as a as an athlete my, my, myself, is you know before a big game, there's always those nerves that that you deal with. I mean, leading up to that, and as you walked in and you set your your blades down and you prepared and you did the first ten heads. I mean, I mean, did any nerves set in at any point where you got really nervous about where you were and the fact that you have the possibility to break a world record? 
Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, and you know, the fact that it was live was even more. I, it remember, I re, it reminded me of because I used to run track, you know, through, you know, my younger years, elementary school and, and high school, and you never, and it's just like you're waiting for that gun to fire and pop off, and you just like you got the, you know, butterflies in your stomach, your, your muscles are kind of like ready to fire, and that's what it was like. So my first haircut, you won't believe this, man. My first, my first shaved head took me a minute and 20 seconds or 40 seconds so i was like oh my god i'm, I'm <laughs> failing you know <laughs> so I, I had to i had to do the usain bolt man and just just turn on the jets and really get get my mind set but i was i was very nervous man because you can't fail on tv you know right yeah, <laughs> no, no. Doubt. No, no, you can't. No, you could not fail like uh, uh, a la Tony Romo, and I would hate to refer you as uh, in the same uh, breath as Tony Romo. No, I can't. I, I, I can't do that, man. I, I, you know, I, I did fumble the Clippers, though. I had to, I to drop one, and thank God they were they were cordless, so um, I was able to. I had uh, three sets. Well, well, well now I know that you are uh, a mobile barber. And, you know, I've, I've had many barbers from Denver to Chicago to Atlanta, but, but never have I ever seen a mobile barber. Now, now t- tell the listeners, why is it or what made you come up with that idea of becoming a mobile barber? You know, I, I really always had a vision of, you know, under, well, as a true barber will understand his, not only his clientele, but his, his business. And that, that means the business on, on a more, you know, national or global scale. And I just knew that this thing hadn't been done as a, as a, as a real business. And it started more so in Washington, D.C., which was my hometown. And this was um, something that I, I was actually not really pushed into but directed to because my uncle, he owned an engineering firm. He just didn't have time to go, you know, to a barbershop. So went to him and he was like a couple times after a couple times he was like this is really convenient you should think about doing this you know for real right and um and i I sought after it you know in maryland it did pretty good but not too well as most businesses do and once i moved to la i noticed this market man you could this is this is the land of you know dreamers and builders and you know you could kind of wing it and i and i did that literally kind of kind of winged it and came up with a blessing and uh, did some tours with the mobile barbershop. You know, it, was, it, it panned out very, very good financially with some struggles, but now it's it's doing really well. We, um, we're we um, getting some more sponsorship from some pretty well-known uh, advertisement uh, companies, and and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. We actually, we have the only existing military contract for a mobile barbershop, so we just got back from uh, Barstow, uh, California, which is Fort Irwin, which is their training facility so we, we 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 can do anywhere between uh 800 to 1200 troops in the span of five days and it's seven thousand of them up there so you know we can't we're not superhuman so <laughs> yeah well if you're just well, joining I'm, us I'm we're, we're, we're talking to master barber julian payne mobile barbershop in the los angeles area who just recently broke on uh, e live uh the guinness sure. world book record for cutting shaving heads in a matter of hours. Before we go to break, uh, Julian, I know that you are a barber, a celebrity barber to the stars. Now, I-, I know there are certain black men, or black men in particular, are rarely 
uh, really eccentric about how they get their hair cut. Now, now, do you have any uh, stories about someone who sat in your chair and was sort of like a, a pre-Madonna? Yeah, man, I got I got a couple non-celebrities like that. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, man. Yeah, they trying to get to some, the celebrity side, so they real extra, extra, you know, about it. Like, hey, um, I'm like, listen, dude, don't don't a um me because this is this is a good haircut. But yeah. uh, if it was on a celebrity celebrity part, man, I will probably say uh, my good friend, my good friend Sugar Ray Leonard. He's he won't let anybody else cut his hair. Like seriously, but uh, he just likes a good, good clean cut. Uh, he's not, you know, it's super eccentric about it, but he likes to look good. I mean, he's got to keep his image up. Um, other than that, my probably my my worst complainer uh, is it Chris Hayes? Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, he's he's Chris Hayes is a good friend of mine, man, and and. Uh, He's he's my my number one cheerleader, but it, I, I earned it. Put it that way, I earned wow. it. He puts me under the gun every time, and and uh, I love him for that. Keeps me sharp. Well, well, uh, Julian, man, it was great uh, having you on, man, and congratulations for that huge accomplishment. Now you. you find yourself in the Guinness World Book of Records, and not too many people can actually say that. They can say that they've won a championship, they graduated college, they've you know, uh, receive their driver's license, but not too many people can say that they are a uh, Guinness world record holder, man. So congratulations on Thanks. that really quickly. Tell the people where they can find you, uh, in Los Angeles. Absolutely. You guys can find me on actually on the internet. If you just Google the original mobile barbershop or mobile barbershop, I will pop up. You can follow me on my Twitter at the grooming guru. And you can also find me on Instagram at the grooming, the grooming guru. All right, and I appreciate you, Nick Ferguson. Thank you. It was a great show. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for jumping on, man. And uh, at some point, you got to come on again and tell us uh, some stories about uh, Kobe Bryant. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. We're going to say that for the, for the, for the good part. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right, all right, Julian. Coming up after the break, <laughs> we'll continue to talk about the free agency, what players are on the move, and what that means for not just the player, but their prior team. You listening to Nick Ferguson, Secretary Perspective on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Are you a Philly sports fan? Maybe you're local to Philly, or you're a transplanted Philly fan. Either way, you want to check out Philly Sports Jabronis. It's a radio show that has nothing to do with Chicago sports. It's not about NYC, and L.A. can't even muster a football team of their own. 
It's all about Philly sports and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. That's right. We are back. And uh, if, you, if you missed us, we just uh, got off the phone with uh, Julian Payne, Master Barber in L.A. In LA. And let me let me let me. Uh, give you the proper title for Julian, Master Barber and Celebrity Barber to uh, the Stars. And uh, we're going to get him back on uh, on a later show. And maybe he could give us a breakdown uh, on Kobe Bryant and some of his other uh, celebrity uh, clients. But uh, before we talked to Julian, we were talking about Champ Bailey and the fact of him moving to safety and the possible teams where they can, you know, he possibly could land. But let's talk about what this is going to mean potentially for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Chris Harris is coming off of ACL injury. Tony Carter hasn't really played that much. He found himself in the doghouse. Kayvon Webster was a corner that he drafted last year in 2013, but he's more like a, a safety. And then DRC is a free agent, and we still don't know when uh, they're going to sign him back and at what price. So, so how do you think this is going to affect the Denver Broncos secondary not having Champ Bailey in the uniform? That's a good question. <clears throat> I mean, you've had someone for so long and uh, pretty much shutting down uh, one side of the field. I mean, of course, you played with him. Um, uh, it's going to be difficult, but at the same time, I'm sure the organization realized that, you know, he was getting a little long in the tooth and they had to make a decision because, of course, just like anything else, you have to look towards the future. And I'm hoping that he could possibly re-sign with the team um, as a safety, you know, like you said, to keep that uh, veteran leadership and knowing the system and, 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 and all that stuff. But if, he decided to leave, I think that might leave different uh, uh, tight situations. Because, like you said, you have uh, Antonio Cromartie. Right. And is, really, do you view him as a number one corner? Are you going to pay him at, uh, like a number one corner? I mean, I haven't seen anything to suggest that he's, a top no corner. His prime. Well, well, you know what? The, the one thing about Dominic Rogers Kamardi, he is uh, a decent corner. I don't want to take anything away from his ability, but I mean, he's better in man to man. He's better when you have a healthy Von Miller getting after the the, the quarterback to force the ball out, uh, especially with no time and no rhythm. But when you put him in a zone situation where he has to now c- communicate, we we've seen in in, in several games, uh, the Super Bowl for one, the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, uh, in Big D Stadium, uh, there was a lot of you know uncertainty in, in his game, and he was allowing his man to run free. So, if if you want to treat him like a true lockdown corner, and say, listen, you you pretty much man this side of the field, we're not going to give you that much help. We're going to give you body presence help, but but you do what you're going to do because we have no Champ Bailey. So now you become essentially uh, that 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 centerpiece 
in our secondary for us and that we build kind of pretty much build uh, around you. I, I think, you know, not having Champ, even though he didn't play uh, but five games this season, is going to affect what the Broncos do and just kind of having a name within it within itself. And I know a lot of defenses try to find and have an identity and that's going to affect them. But let's talk about another guy, uh, another guy that I know you know a lot about. He comes from that uh, uh, football factory in Miami called the U, uh, Devin hey. Hester. Uh, it, it seemed like the Chicago Bears uh, with Martellus Bennett having Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall have, find a co- have found a couple of key guys to make Jay Cutler's life uh, that much easier. And let's be totally honest. Devin Hester wasn't that great of a corner, uh, so they moved him to wide receiver, and then they were not really getting him the ball to utilize his skill set. So uh, his, his only attribute or contribution was on special team, which is, I mean, let's, let's be real. He's one of the best special teams player since, you know, maybe Deion Sanders. And that's the whole thing with Devin Hester. I mean, you know he has the electric uh, speed. Yeah. He can make things happen when the ball is in his hands. But where is his specialty when it comes to the offense? Well, you, you know. In, the, if you're Chicago, yeah. do you keep him and put him in the slot? Well, well, no. I mean, I think he's going to go to another team, and they're going to utilize his ability as a special teams player because you know he, he's not he's not a wide receiver. You know, he's he's a he's a specialist. So if he goes to a, to a team that has a scheme where you know we're going to dink and dunk and we're going to use him just like uh, Adam Gates did with Wes Walker, put him in the slot, give him the ball, get him some bubble screens, get him out in space with where he's matched up one on one with with defenders. That's now you can utilize him. But now, once again, you're still talking about at what price tag. So now here's a question for you. Devin Hester, you don't know what he can do as far as a wide receiver or a corner. So what team could you possibly see him landing and taking advantage of his special team's talent? To be honest with you, um, that's a tough one. I mean, unless you're looking to replace someone like uh, when Chad Ginn was in San Francisco, I think San Francisco would be a good fit because they clearly, uh, San Francisco missed that special teams aspect of the game. Right. And uh, also Carolina Panthers. Uh, Ted Ginn's a free agent. If you're well, trying to replace a Ted Ginn, there you go, Devin Hester. Who better to get? <laughs> well, well, you know so, what? And just like Champ Bailey, Devin Hester wants to go to uh, a team that is considered uh, a contender. So when I look at you know my, my list here, I mean, you're absolutely right when you talk about uh, the Carolina Panthers being a, a potential landing spot. The 49ers. Uh, also, you know, you never know. He, he could end up with the the Arizona Cardinals, who that's a team just kind of a couple of players away. And Devin Hester would be that be that spark. Now, I know they have Patrick Peterson, who's a great returner within his own right, but having another explosive guy that can flip the field for you, I mean, you, you can't really turn that down. But but try this one on for size. What about the Philadelphia Eagles, right? How about going to the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, now, wow, wow. Sean Jackson and Devin Hester. Wow. Yeah, you, you're talking about having guys that can stretch the field and put pressure, you know, on the defense. That that would be great. And I know he would be welcomed with open arms by the the Philly fans. Definitely. And not only that, and you're talking about in a past happy league. Can you imagine the pressure? 
that will put on the defense. You have to find a way to have someone line up with Devin Hester and Deshaun Jackson on the other end. Huh. Hey, look, uh, you, stri- <laughs> you, 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 you send Deshaun Jackson on, on straight go routes, nine routes, and then you put Devin Hester in the slot and you run all those deep over routes and those bubble screens. So now you're trying to get your nickel matched up one-on-one with Devin Hester in space. That's a nightmare. I don't care who you are. That's a nightmare. That, that's hey, definitely but, but, a nightmare. Quick question. Can a potential landing spot also be uh, the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, you know, well, possibly because, you know, no Jacoby, no Jacoby Jones. I mean, they have, a, they have a great defense, and they need more offensive weapons they signed De- Dennis Pitter back so you know that that could be a potential and Devin Hester you have to think he wants to go to a team that's a contender possibly a contender and and speaking of contenders a uh, little NBA action uh last night the Indiana Pacers you know the the Eastern Conference leading Indiana Pacers dropped two games in a row they lose to a team that LeBron James went for 61 on uh, earlier this week and the Charlotte Bobcats. Are we looking at an Indiana Pacers team that is pretty much have they, they've pretty much got confidence with where they are right now and they're going to try to cruise into the playoffs? Or are we looking at a, a team that is potentially in trouble? Well, in a sense, I think, you know what, it, it can be a little bit of burnt out in a sense. Right. And it can also be a little bit of the pressure of having to maintain that number one seed when you have the defending champs breathing up your neck who haven't been playing <laughs> a great first half who's finally starting to wake up and play Miami Heat basketball. So is the pressure getting to Indiana is the question. Well, well, you know what? When you, when you look at the Eastern Conference as, as a whole, I mean, th- this is a down year for the Eastern Conference. I mean, the, the two top teams, of course, are Indiana, you know, in Miami. After that, it's kind of a drop off with Toronto, Chicago, Washington, Brooklyn, and, and even you know the Atlanta Hawks that have lost uh, four four in a row. So to me, it is a down year for the Eastern Conference. But right, the Miami Heat—they're one and a half games behind the Indiana Pacers, and that number one seed uh, is, is going to be really, really important. Now, let's yeah, look at the West. They're tied, they're tied in the lost column, along right. with, with OKC, Indiana, and Miami, and with San Antonio a game behind. I guess the question with Indiana is, do they feel the need? They have to have the number one seed for them to beat the Miami Heat. Absolutely. They definitely, they definitely feel as though they need that number one seed because when you look at the Eastern Conference, who's their biggest challenge? The Miami. Miami. And that's right. where I think the pressure comes in with Indiana trying to hold that lead. For me, for them, it's more so of a do or die. Right. All chips are in. We went and got Andrew Bynum, made a trade for Kevin Turner. Right. We're all in. So, so if, if it doesn't happen for them this year, then I mean, I mean, everything is a wash at this point. We 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 went all in. We we tried to make the necessary moves, knowing that the Miami Heat they have tr- trouble in the in the front court with the big guys and rebounding. So we get buying them, and that and that doesn't work out for us. We move Danny Granger. So if this doesn't work for Frank Vogel and Indiana Pacers, 
I don't think nothing will. I don't either. And unfortunately, the whole thing revolves around Paul George. And that's their sole score. Compared to Miami, LeBron having off night, you still have Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. That could possibly pick up that scoring load. Right. Indiana, if Paul George don't, doesn't have a 30-point game or make a serious impact on defense, they lose. Okay, well, okay, with that being said, let's go back to Oklahoma. So you have Westbrook that returns, and then now we see him, you know, almost kind of showing flashes of his old self. But, but what is it going to mean for OKC? Now, it's, it's great for teams to do well in the regular season, but fail to hit the mark in the postseason. And I think everyone's talking about OKC, the Clippers, Golden State Warriors, but there's a team that's sitting at number two with, with uh, a yeah, 44 and 16 uh, <laughs> record that, that everyone somehow, I don't know how this happens in the NBA, but everyone for somehow forgets about the San Antonio Spurs. All I know is Greg Popovich does a great job in getting his guys ready to play. And, it's, and, and for them, it's like we don't, we don't have to be the number one seed. If we get in, we know we're going to do work. Well, that's the thing with San Antonio. Everyone considers San Antonio a boring team to watch. <laughs> so for them, they can silently, just like they do every year, go on about their business and usually end up with the best record in the West because all of the, the, the news is going to a guy like Kevin Durant, who's having a great year. Right. And you can't blame him. He's having an outstanding and Pop, year. And Pop is just Pop. Pop is like, we don't need the publicity. Uh, we're going to sit our players and rest them. And only thing we're concerned about is playoff. Well, well I, I tell you what, man. It's going to be very interesting both with the in NBA playoffs as we get down to that playoff wire and also with uh, – NFL free agency is set to take place on March 11th, starting Monday. What other players could possibly be on the move? Uh, how teams are going to position themselves to make a run at the Super Bowl and dethrone the current uh, Lombardi Trophy winners and the Seattle Seahawks? So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to give us a lot to talk about uh, next on the next week's show. I want to thank our master, Barbara Ann Guinness, World Book Record holder, Julian Payne from joining the program. Daff, it's a pleasure as always being on with you. You can find Daff at dpreter 72 on Twitter. Justin, as always, thanks for being on the boards and making sure the program goes effectively. Once again, I want to thank uh, the Church of Scientology Celebrity Center for donating the facility to allow me to uh, do my show live inside the Garden Pavilion. Uh, until next week, everyone, enjoy your weekend. And once again, don't take any wood nickels. Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, Voice of America Sports. Until next week. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. 